Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Bob Cordaro Show podcast, WILK News Radio. I did want to mention something that is happening there that I believe, yes, is brand new this year and super exciting. I know some of you think that competitive eating is disgusting, but I am not one of those people. I think that competitive eating is fascinating. And I think that this new addition to the Pittston Tomato Festival is going to be a good one. I I think a lot of people are going to flock to see on the main stage on Saturday afternoon at 1.30, there is a spaghetti eating contest. Yes, indeed. Too late for you to get in. The entries are closed. Uh, and I would say my my um, the odds of me knowing the person that wins this might be good because I know a lot of people in Pittston. I wonder if it'll be somebody that is, uh, you know, connected to this uh, event, uh, one of the emergency responders or a firefighter or just a, a person who's off the street. I would love to see Joey Chestnut show up for this, but he probably won't. He must get paid to go to these things, don't you think? Yeah, there's a spaghetti eating contest at the Tomato Festival. The rules are simple. Each contestant will be given a plate of spaghetti, one pound with sauce, and three minutes on the clock to finish it. Now, when you look at a box of uh, pasta that's one pound in the store, you probably think, oh, that's no biggie. I I think when you cook it, it it turns out to be uh, much more than you ever thought. So they're going to give them three minutes to finish. If no one finishes the entire dish, the winner, this is good. Oh, no. And and then, oh, no, because it's all caps. The, the winner will be decided by weighing the contestants' remaining pasta if nobody makes it uh, through in the three-minute allotment. No utensils can be used. Wait a minute. How do you expect me to eat my pasta without my pasta spoon and my fork? Do you use the pasta spoon? I learned about this when I was in college. I came from a Polish-Lithuanian family, and when I came to college, one of my teachers was very Italian, and she took us all out to dinner, and we had pasta, and she said, you're not using the spoon, because I wasn't, because I didn't know. I didn't know. I was from a Polish household. That's okay. We we had things that you didn't know about, uh, you know, duck blood soup, for instance, things like that. So she showed me the 
the spoon and the fork and how you twirl it and it makes it so nice. And now I can't eat pasta without the spoon, but you can't eat it if you're in this contest in Pittston, which I'm looking forward to. I think this is going to be amazing. Um, The one who finishes the most will be declared the champion, the prince or princess of pasta with all the esteem the title holds. Entries are closed. And uh, there is uh, – to get in, you have to uh, give a donation to Pittston Meals on Wheels, which is awesome because Meals on Wheels is an awesome, awesome, awesome program. So good for Pittston for devising this. I I think it's great. I think it's uh, something that will go over well. And in the meantime, I was looking up up other contests across the United States – that feature what they call extreme eating, and it doesn't look like any of them are pasta. So at Coney Island on July 4th is the granddaddy of them all, I think. It's usually televised on one of the ESPN channels, and that is the Nathan's Famous Fourth of July Hot Dog Eating Contest. The record for it is 76 hot dogs in 10 minutes. They've been doing this contest since 1972, Uh, Legend has it the contest began when four immigrants had an eating contest to prove who was most patriotic. Joey Chestnut for president, the most patriotic. This legacy continues on the 4th of July weekend, and I think that's great. Some people think it's disgusting. I think it's great. What else do we have? We have Chacho's World Taco Eating Championship. It is uh, held in Chacho. I'm sorry, that's not the town. That's the restaurant. It's in San Jose. And the the people are uh, very, they've painted their faces to be in this and they eat tacos. So that's cool. I'm a fan of that. Why not? Uh, Someone ate, the the winner of this was a guy named Matthew Stoney, and he ate 101 tacos in eight minutes, which is gluttonous, but uh, good for him. In uh, Florida, they have the Hooters Worldwide Wing Eating Championship in July. Who has won that, you ask, with the record? Joey Chestnut. He's everywhere. 184 wings in 10 minutes. I don't think I've eaten 184 wings in the past five years, but good for him. In Los Angeles, they have the Daily Foods World Goiza Eating Championship. What is this Goiza? It is an appetizer. It's a soft meat and veggie-filled dumpling. You'll never guess who won this one. Mm -hmm. Joey Chestnut, 384 in 10 minutes, Uh, heightening awareness of Japanese culture. In Houston, they have the gyro or gyro eating championship. Some people eat uh, 10 gyros and... 10 gyros, but it counts as 20 because it's really the same thing. And that is, once again, Matthew Stoney winning that when he ate 24. And that, to me, sounds like you'd need uh, some brioski afterwards because that's that's outrageous. In New Orleans, they have the Acme Oyster Eating World Championship at the Acme Oyster House. Sonia Thomas, oh, my Lord, ate uh, 46 dozen Oysters in 10 minutes in 2014. <laughs> I, I would have to think about something else while I was eating that many oysters because if I thought about what I was really eating, it might make me sick. 
The World Brain-Eating Competition at the Zombie Pub Crawl, also won by Joey Chestnut, who ate 54 brains in eight minutes. The brains are actually pork, so don't don't worry. No brains were harmed during the, the contest. In uh, California, Stockton, California, they have a deep-fried asparagus eating competition. That sounds exciting, and you'll never guess who won that. Joey Chestnut, he ate 12 pounds, 8.75 ounces of fried asparagus in 10 minutes. This guy really is, uh, he's a freak of nature. Absolutely. Here we go. Here's another one. Uh, the World Slug Burger Eating Championship. Now, I want you to know also that no slugs are harmed in the in the creation of these burgers. They are made from beef and soy meal, mustard, onions, and pickles. So don't worry about that. If you were worried they contained real slugs, uh, that was actually slang for a nickel, and the slug burger cost a nickel. So that's it just stuck to the burger because what's more appetizing than slugs? Nothing. So that was Matthew Stoney eating uh, 43 in 10 minutes. And lastly, but not leastly, in uh, Amarillo, Texas, it's the Big Texan Steak Ranch 72-ounce steak challenge. That is a lot of steak. Who won that? Molly Schuler ate three 72-ounce steaks in 20 minutes. <laughs> The steaks cost $72 each, um, and I guess they sell them in their restaurant. I, I see this promotion a lot, and I wonder if anybody who is listening today was ever involved in it, in one of these big steaks that they serve at the restaurant, and if you eat the whole thing, they give it to you for free. So the restaurant normally charges $72 for a steak, but if you eat each and every bite, they refund the, the money. So this lady who is the mother of four— she weighs 120 pounds, and she ate 13.5 pounds of meat, three baked potatoes, three shrimp cocktails, three salads, and three buttered rolls in 20 minutes to win the contest. I, it, it must be something special about people like this. So in Pittston, they'll have the spaghetti eating contest coming up on a Saturday on the main stage at the Pittston Tomato Festival, and it's already filled up. But I'll tell you what, I think it would be fun to watch. So I hope to catch some of that at the Pittston Tomato Festival this weekend. 570-883-0098, And someone said that this Molly lady actually ate 100 hard-boiled eggs once. That is amazing <laughs> and also sickening isn't it i mean that's a, it's kind of gluttonous but whatever we have other stories as well and this uh, is more political but it also makes me wonder diane feinstein's daughter claims that the senator is a victim of financial elder abuse and this is a story that i, I think deserves attention there seems to be some sort of a of a struggle over her assets. And uh, she was uh, hurt earlier this year. She had just shingles and she stayed at home to recover for several months when she appears 
in um, in public and she's doing the people's business. Uh, she sometimes seems very fragile. She sometimes seems uh, very confused. And uh, people, I mean, if if you were worried about someone, um, the, these are the things that you might worry about. Uh, she fell in her home last week. She was hospitalized. She's uh, said to be doing okay. Uh, a daughter from a previous marriage was given a power of attorney for her mother. And I, I guess that came out in the news. And people were saying, well, if she does need power of attorney, is she able to serve in her position? And I think that's legitimate. Uh, usually if you uh, grant power of attorney for someone, it's because something's compromised about you. I'm not saying that you are, uh, you know, too far gone, but at, at points you, you're just not up to certain tasks. So you say to somebody else, can you handle them for me? So that happened. And uh, now there's an accusation of financial elder abuse. Catherine Feinstein submitted a court filing on behalf of her mother accusing the co-trustees of a trust in the uh, name of Richard Bloom, the deceased, uh, wealthy husband of Diane Feinstein of elder abuse. So they're, they're, they're looking at a trust. She's saying a trust is abusing her financially. What a mess. It was uh, submitted in early August and partially confirmed the limited power of attorney that uh, Catherine Feinstein has to assist her mother with uh, civil matters. Catherine is 66. She has a legal background. She's a former San Francisco County Superior Court judge and uh, a current San Francisco fire commissioner. Um she alleges the co-trustees are not providing for Diane Feinstein, and they should be doing so, that uh, the people who are in, in control of the trust are committing uh, what amounts to financial elder abuse against the 90-year-old. And to me, um, a lot of people are committing elder abuse to Diane Feinstein because she should be at home. And it's interesting that the money is part of a court fight. But the actual uh, way that she's being treated, I think, is is wrong. I, I don't think that she's able to perform the duties of being a United States senator. And you don't have to be, uh, you don't have to exercise a lot of thought. You could see what's happening to her. Uh, at points, she doesn't know where she is. She speaks at a turn. She doesn't know what she's voting on. Why isn't that being addressed? I mean, the money is one thing, and certainly you can take that to court. But why does the money, why does the money trump what's happening to her, which is kind of uh, craven and disgusting? Anyway, it's 1120 at WILK, 570-883-0098, one 800 This is WILK. I'm Sue Henry. I'm sitting in for Bob Kadaro. We were talking about uh, some issues that uh, Diane Feinstein and... Uh, her family are involved in right now about uh, possible uh, questions regarding a, a trust that was uh, set up for for her late husband. And it looks as though uh, the question is whether or not she should be receiving disbursements from that. It, there seems to be some uh, chatter from her uh, daughter who is uh, uh, legally taking care of her 
that uh, the money is being withheld so that her uh, the, the children from uh, another marriage of her former husband's can uh, receive millions of dollars while she is kind of frozen out, while she's otherwise compromised. And to me, enough is enough with this. I, I mean, I get the I get the money part. I get it. But who's who's looking out for her health interest? And if somebody is looking out for her health interest, why haven't they stepped up to the plate and said, um, it's time for you to just spend the rest of your life in retirement because that's where you belong. Oftentimes we know in our own families, uh, difficult conversations need to be had with our older relatives. I guess the, the one that is the toughest on people is when they have to tell somebody, you can't drive anymore. Oh, that's a tough conversation to have because uh, driving is an independent activity. And people who do not drive anymore, especially if they live where we live, lose much of their independence because how else are they going to get places like the grocery store and whatnot? So they feel as though uh, something very valuable is being taken away from them. Sometimes you have to have the hard conversation with somebody about uh, you, you can't live independently anymore. You're, you're just not able to. If you continue to live independently, you might get hurt. You know, something can happen to you. There's all kinds of things that have to be done in older people's houses to keep them safe. And that's that's just the way it is. That's part of the aging process. So we see that. Where are the people in this woman's family to have conversations that are difficult? Why is it that you can continue to put somebody in a job like Senate, and I'm not saying that every day in the Senate is the worst day in the world, and I'm not saying that being a senator is by any means the hardest job in the world, but I am saying that being a senator is a rigorous job. You you could you could say they're pampered and whatever. I, I, you can you could say all that because that's that's not wrong. However. Think about what we witness with government and the way that sometimes if there's uh, important legislation that needs to be decided upon, uh, these individuals are negotiating day in and day out, maybe for many days in a row. Once again, I'm, I'm not saying this is the most stressful job that you could ever have in your life, but I am saying that this job is rigorous I'm saying that this job requires mental acumen. I am saying that you should have your wits about you when you're doing a job like this. And to keep somebody in a job like this who is frail, who has had uh, reported health issues, who fell last week, who was out for a very long time earlier this year, with a, a case of the shingles would lead me to believe that the evidence suggests that this person should be allowed as a, a humane gesture to have a decent retirement. What kind of individuals worry more about uh, monetary gains than the basic health of their loved one? If, if, if Diane Feinstein was your grandmother, what would you think looking on as a grandchild if uh, she was your sister, what would you think? I know what I would think. I'd say, Grandma, we're leaving and we're going home and you're just going to enjoy the rest of your life 
in the style that you deserve. So to me, it is kind of craven to look at the money as opposed to worrying about the the individual's well-being. Do you agree with me on this or not? I just think it's I don't care what the political party is. I do care about uh, what we're seeing uh, in in live time here and it's it's wrong. And it seems to border on some kind of abuse, which is wrong. Uh, there's another story we'll talk about after the break for the news about uh, Joe Biden and I didn't know about this story. Uh, they're seeking uh, some unredacted records of Joe Biden. And I'm kind of surprised by this. Maybe it happens all the time in politics. It could. I don't know. But uh, we'll we'll talk about it. I won't tell you exactly what it is, but I was surprised to see it. I'm I'm sure it does happen. But uh, maybe the, the House GOP has a point here when they're looking for what they're looking for. It's 1130. And Brian Hughes doesn't have the news now, but he does have it at noon because uh, sometimes there's news at the bottom of the hour and sometimes there's not. And I know there's not now, but uh, we'll we'll get to uh, the weather after we come back from this break on WILK. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. People are writing in about uh, Diane Feinstein and, and what's going on with her. It does not seem to be right. And uh, we, we are always trying to, in our world, look out for people who are vulnerable. She seems very vulnerable. She seems very confused. And she seems unable to be a United States senator. That That's just what we can see. That's what we see on the surface. Lord only knows what's happening behind the scenes that we don't know about. Uh, somebody wrote in, there should be a mandatory retirement age in the Senate and Congress at 65, it's ridiculous to keep them there that long. Is 65 too young anymore in a world where people are living longer? Although we see those numbers are kind of trending down now. The lifespan of individuals has been decreasing post-pandemic. But at the same time, is is 65 okay? Maybe. Maybe it would make you work harder if you knew you would be out at 65. I also think term limits are a good idea. I didn't used to think so, but I I feel as though when when people don't have an expectation that their duties will be ending soon, they get real comfortable in them and they could stay there for a very long time and uh, not show the kind of productivity that maybe they once did and nobody notices because they just know their names. This seems to be tongue-in-cheek, this one. 
There is no financial elderly abuse at the Biden house. Hunter has Joe's power of attorney. I don't know if that's true. And is doing very well with his 100 bank accounts all over the world. He's made his father millions just selling influence. (laughs) Yikes. The Democrats should be charged with elder abuse for abusing this poor woman just to get her vote. Um, Nobody cares about her. All they care about is her money and her vote. How does she get to work? That's a great question. She seems a very frail, and it seems as though her navigation down there is, is not that simple. So that's got to be a, a chore. Uh, her one vote will be decided by uh, someone else, like an aide. That's pretty scary. Uh, we agree. And uh, John Fetterman is another perfect example of abuse of an individual just for power. And uh, I I would also question his uh, acumen to do the job, although you're not allowed to. I think that he certainly is somebody in a position where he really should be elsewhere, but we don't always get that in life. Uh, sometimes other people do make your decisions for you, and it's kind of sad. Keep that government check coming as long as possible. If Feinstein dies, they might just prop her up in a corner chair. Uh, you are spot on. Feinstein should just leave with whatever uh, ever measure of dignity she has remaining. I don't know if she has even uh, voiced the fact that she doesn't want to do it anymore. Maybe she's totally into it. Mitch McConnell needs to go as well, and I'm uh, I'm thinking that you're absolutely right. He should go as well. So we agree. That regardless of what letter is behind your name, if you have not the ability to do the job anymore, you should absolutely leave. And here's the story about Joe Biden, which is interesting to me. House GOP demands unredacted records of Biden using pseudonym while VP. So when he was engaged in some conversation, he was using a fake name. Was it cornpop at gmail.com? No. The House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer asked the National Archives on Wednesday to hand hand over any unredacted records in which President Biden used a pseudonym during his vice presidency as Republicans move closer to launching an impeachment inquiry into his role in his uh, son's foreign business dealings. Emails previously released by the archives and retrieved from Hunter Biden's abandoned laptop reveal that Joe Biden used the email address Robert E. Peters at PCI.gov while he was uh, the vice president. And that his aide John Flynn CC'd Hunter on 10 emails containing the uh, schedule of the vice president between May 18th and June 15th of uh, 2016. Comer's request covers records using Biden's other known pseudonyms, Robin Ware and J.R.B. Ware, and makes pointed requests for certain documents. Did you know about this? This is a new one on me, that he has all these aliases. I wonder what happens when they pull his uh, credit card report. Do they all come up? Uh, Joe Biden has stated there was an absolute wall between his family's foreign business schemes and his duties as vice president. But this evidence reveals that access was wide open 
for his family's influence peddling, said Comer. And um, I, I think the walls are trying to close in here more and more on this situation, which has been talked about for years. Sometimes we see situations are talked about for years, and then something finally brings it to uh, a head where something is done about it. And then there's all these people who say, I knew about that. Why wasn't something done about that previously? That's what happens all the time. So we'll see what happens. Are you surprised by this? This is uh, new information to me, but maybe you knew. We have evidence that then-Vice President Biden uh, was speaking, dining, and having coffee with his son's foreign business associates. All right. It's 1140 here at WILK. We'll take a, a break. 570-883-0098. I'm Sue Henry. I'm sitting in for Bob Cadaro today. Sometimes they do have some pretty super festivals anymore where they round up a bunch of musical acts and put them all together. But can anybody tie the shoes of Woodstock? Maybe not. Maybe not. This was probably the granddaddy of them all. And maybe you've gone to uh, something, one of these really big festivals during your life and you, you enjoyed it. We went, my son and I went a couple of years ago out to Chicago. We drove and it was so much fun. We had a blast driving out and back. Uh, we went out to see Riot Fest in Chicago and it was the the second time I think in that year that the original misfits had played together and the people were, they were into that. That had other good elements too, but that was kind of the big draw for that one. And subsequently the misfits have reunited and done other shows. So maybe it wasn't that spectacular, but at the time, at the time it was pretty unique and we had a blast out there. So I wouldn't recommend these shows to everyone because the, a lot of people go and it's kind of a hassle, but it's good to occasionally go. I don't know if I have the uh, determination to go again. Anybody go to something really big and think it was a lot of fun? Sometimes these things are good. Sometimes they are uh, kind of promoted as good and they're just okay. But it's it's nice to see a lot of acts together. Usually uh, XPN in Philadelphia, the radio station down there does a pretty good one every year where they bring together a lot of neat acts that I've been to and have enjoyed. But as time goes on, I like to leave the house less and less. If you are leaving the house today and you uh, have any intentions of, of being in uh, Scranton or on Interstate 81, of course, uh, we must remind you that uh, the president is coming to northeastern Pennsylvania today to uh, pay his respects uh, to the Casey family uh, because of the passing of Pennsylvania's former First Lady Ellen Casey. So he'll be in the region this afternoon, just as a reminder from the Pennsylvania State Police. There will be rolling roadblocks and closures on I-81 north and south in the vicinity of the airport and at the Scranton exits. Roads around the uh, central city area of Scranton will be closed for times between um, the hours of uh, 9 o'clock. And it looks like, if I'm doing the math right here, 8 o'clock. Motorists are encouraged to travel alternate routes during these times to uh, avoid the traffic. Also, in uh, tomorrow, in the city tomorrow, uh, roads around St. Peter's Cathedral on Wyoming Avenue in Scranton will be closed between uh, 9 and 1. For the funeral, motorists are encouraged to travel 
alternate routes uh, during these times to avoid traffic congestion and delays. So if you're in the vicinity of Scranton and you're wondering what's up today, that's going to be uh, what's happening. If you're on 81 for rush hour, um, you, you may encounter this. I'm not sure if you will, but they, I guess they do their best not to make it uh, too terribly inconvenient for people. But uh, anybody that drives on 81 and is inconvenienced is not usually very accepting of the reason. They're just mad they have to sit in it. But that is the reason, and that will be happening today. And as I mentioned when the show opened today, um, I think that uh, certainly President Biden could take a lot of lessons from the uh, extraordinary life of Ellen Casey who uh, was uh, the mother of eight, a wonderful pro-life woman who not only cared for her own children, but seemed to have a concern for other people's children. And oftentimes we see people who just say the phrase, I'm pro-life, but she lived it. She didn't just say it. She lived it through her actions, through her words, through her deeds, through the things that she did to make the lives of uh, children better, through her uh, advocacy on behalf of uh, the CHIP program for children, through her uh, staunch advocacy for adoption, uh, encouraging that uh, whenever she could, which I think is is noble and great for her championing championing the cause of literacy, uh, whether it be with uh, children or people in prison and having uh, the the phrase, uh, it's never too late to learn how to read. That that's valuable. And if you're an older person and you're illiterate and you can master the skill of reading, I'm going to tell you, that's a huge achievement. Anytime our brain tries to learn something as complex as reading at a later age in life, it's a testament to the person and it's a testament to the person who goes out of their way to care enough to teach them. So the the lessons that she lived throughout the course of her life are things that are admirable to not only us, I think, but uh, to somebody like Joe Biden. And I'm glad I'm glad he's coming because I think that she was the real deal. And for him to come here, I think, is uh, a great sign of respect. All right. It is 1150 at WILK, 570 If you'd like to uh, possibly get in on the show by the end of it. It's going to be soon. It's almost over. If you have anything to say about what... I enjoy the music of The Who. Also, the band was there, Arlo Guthrie, uh, Mountain, Leslie Weston Mountain, just phenomenal. Uh, some people said uh, Live Aid. That was that was a good concert. That was a, And I'm sure some people who live here went to that because it was so close to us. I'm positive. Uh, somebody said there was uh, a concert at uh, Pocono Raceway in 1972 that was a two-day festival. In the summer of 1973, there was a music festival at Watkins Glen. Over 600,000 people. I don't know if that's my cup of tea. Certainly sounds impressive, though. So back in the day... It seemed to be a lot easier to put these things together. Now it's uh, terribly complex and everybody needs this and everybody needs that. And I think that some of the uh, the touring for these bands has become cost, cost prohibitive because you have to recoup what you shell out. And it looks like it's just not happening. It costs a fortune to put them on today and then it costs a fortune to buy the tickets and so on and so forth. All righty then. To wrap it up, I have one more little story for you from NPR. Is it wiser 
to get a coronavirus booster now or wait for the new fall booster? There seems to be an alternative missing from this. And and unless you have to pick. What if you had to pick getting a booster now or waiting for the new one for fall? Would you rather um, chew broken glass or or poke out your eardrum? What would you rather? (laughs) What is it? Is anybody thinking of either one of these? I I have to be very skeptical anymore. In the last week of June, the story goes, some 6,000 people in the U.S. were hospitalized for COVID. In uh, the last week of July, it was 9,000. Still a historic low, but definitely on the upswing. Don't terrorize us. Uh, The World Health Organization reports uh, global numbers are going up. It's a reminder that even though the World Health Organization and uh, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention have declared that the COVID emergency is over and data collection is nowhere near as rigorous as it has been, the pandemic is not over. The emergency is over, but the pandemic rocks on. Indicators all point to an uptick, which is uh, based on prior summers. And uh, that was uh, said by a doctor from uh, Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security. So with with these things happening, school starting, uh, whatever, uh, do you think that you are going to go for one of these? If you're keeping score, (laughs) and who isn't? Uh, The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention first recommended an updated COVID-19 booster in 2022 for people 12 plus. Um, That brings an immune response against two variants. These boosters manufactured by Pfizer and Moderna protect against both the original virus that causes COVID-19 and uh, the Omicron variants BA.4 and BA.5. The recommendation was updated in April to include uh, children six months and older. Are you thinking about this? I'm just, it would have to, there would have to be something very compelling, very, very, very compelling for me to ever let them stick me with the stuff again. I'm not a vaccine denier by any means, but uh, if you look at some of the things that that have been suggested from this, um, it would make me look. You could do whatever you want, by the way. Please do. To, To protect yourself, please feel free to do whatever you want. But I would say if you're a normal, healthy human being, uh, giving this uh, some some very deep consideration is uh, certainly the way to go. Uh, you can do whatever you want, though. You can have zero. You can have nine of them. I don't care what you do. But I hope we never go back to the day where they uh, literally force people to do this by saying, if you don't do it, you can't have your job anymore. That's where we uh, really lost our minds. So there's extremes on this from a whisper to a scream. Anyway, it's noonish. On WILK, Brian Hughes has the news. Nikki Stone comes in, Rob O'Donnell, later on Ben Shapiro. I will return one more time tomorrow to sit in for Bob Cadaro, and I haven't really decided what to do with the music yet, which is scary. I don't normally let it go this long, but I'll figure it out, and it'll be Friday, so I'll let you talk about your favorite things. 
on a Friday. Thanks for listening to WILK. We'll catch you tomorrow. WILK News Radio. This is the Bob Cordaro Show Podcast. All star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.